All right, cool. So we will jump right in. Um, That's the start right Cameras, there. you're good. <laughs> you good, Cams? We all on? Good. All cameras we'll on. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, let's cut that. That's oh, enough. man, that is so loud. As always, can I just, can we just have a slow fade in for once? That's what we need. All right. You okay. can do whatever you want. All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, hey, prolific <laughs> podcast. Go ahead. No, hey, go ahead. We're, hey, the, hey, we're hey, the official we're step brothers. We're the <laughs> these, these two amazing, spiritual, anointed, yet clowns. I have this recording work, right now. Worked for me. Good. Worked good. for me. Oh, wow. Worked for me. So that explains it all. And you made us more clowns. That that explains explains it. Amen. Amen. I think, yeah. I think we all suffered because of that. <laughs> we wow. all have I mean, I will say I will never be different. You know, I, wait, me, I will me. forever be different. Me, me, I will me. forever be different because of the last few days. Yeah. yeah Hopefully positive. Hopefully positive. Well, yeah, dude. Memorable for sure. So talk, so talk to us about our previous boss. Tell us a little bit oh, about him. Yeah, let's. I want to hear him from this. This. I mean, here. this guy. He uh, he took me out to play some golf today. Okay. First, uh, first time I've ever played eighteen holes. Um, it was fun. You did right? great. I, I thought it was hilarious because I told you we were going to play golf. Yeah. And uh, then I asked you the what I thought was an obvious question: Do you have a polo and golf shorts? And your eyes went like rolled back in your head, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I got it. And then like ten seconds later. No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a polo. Yeah. Can I don't we talk about how much pressure the dressing for golf is? Oh, yeah, it's, it's serious now. Why? Like, it's like, is it? You, I don't understand. What's interesting now is you don't have to wear a, a polo shirt now. So now it's, like, cool to, like, have the, like the, the collar that, like, pops out. Okay. So this is a thing? Yeah, it's Wait, very. I thought it was a joke. No, you have to wear a collar shirt. What, so what happens if you don't? Do you get, like. They'll, they'll, like it's like dress code. So they'll be really? like, hey, you, you can't go out. Wow. You have to have wow. your own clubs. Really? So today we golfed and uh, at our warrior conference today, and you, you may not know this, but I had to rent clubs. You couldn't borrow from J. Mike. Right. You had to have, you have to. Can you like, imagine having the oh, job yeah. of the guy that's like checking if you're using your buddy's yeah. clubs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I, I can't wait till they say you have to use the club a certain amount of times on a round. That's probably oh happening. Wow. So that's, that's not happening. Really? <laughs> Now, BJ, like, do you mind if you get it a little bit closer to yes, me? Yes, yeah, 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 I need your mic. You're, like, you're, you're Steve yes, yes, No Furtick, yeah. no please. Not again. But let, let's just be honest. You, for not being a golfer, okay. you were incredible today. Hey. Like, usually guys spread it left and right. <laughs> you were down the middle hey. quite a bit. And you looked good doing it. I'll just be hey. honest hey. with you. Hey. You looked good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you have to receive the compliment. Yeah. But, yeah. But I receive. And that's what got us to accept the job. Yeah. Whenever we're yeah. 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 But didn't you want to compliment my 137 yards? Oh, yard? yeah, this uh, guy, yeah. dude. <laughs> the, the, the childlike joy that oh, Joe yeah. showed. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, he hit an incredible shot. And I was like, you know, he hits it, and it, were, it went in, and we were just like, did that go did in? The ball and then go did you burn it? What'd you do? Eagle. It was 137 yards out. Wow. I took my eight iron. Chipped no. it, and it bounced. You didn't have to put it? It bounced, no, it and yards. then it looked <sighs> like it bounced in. And I'm like, I think it went in. Well, the guy wow. we were playing with, he, he thought it went in too, but he saw my excitement, so he's like, I don't want to get too excited because it may have rolled off the backside of the ground. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And, and so I got a little bit nervous, and we walked up there. You pulled the yeah, Instagram. I, I had the capture yeah. for the yeah. for the gram. Because if it's not on the gram, it didn't happen. No, 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 it didn't happen. And it's on the gram. It's on the gram. Wow, that's a real friend right there. That's awesome. Yeah, he's great. He was hyping me up, so I had to hype him up. Come on, man. He's great. He's he's taking a bunch of buddies out to golf to see who sticks. Oh yeah, he sticks. Yeah. It's his golf. It's his sport. No. Golf is going no. to be oh, your I'm, sport. I'm buying clubs. You, I, I already, I already was already talking to my wife about it. I was like, on, I'm, I'm needing to make a pivot on my request for for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. So his wife, I need to change my career. <laughs> his wife's family owns a golf course wow. in Iowa. Yeah, they own a golf course. Her, and you've never did a whole 18? Uh, that's crazy. Well, it, number well, in my defense, it's a nine hole golf course. Okay, so you've oh, done okay. a okay. All right, all right. I think uh, all golf courses should be nine hole yeah, golf right. courses. But <laughs> I don't know, man. It like at nine, I was like, I didn't. Want it to be over really? Wow. I'm not, we're not done with that. So first, can I share this? Sure. So he gets here and he's like, "We're playing golf." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Are we doing nine or like the full thing?" He called 18 holes the, <laughs> the full thing. You only know what you know. Yeah. By the and way, by the way, if, if PJ ever says, "Can I share this?" What he's saying really is, "I'm going to share this." I'm going to sell this to everyone right now. But honestly, I was impressed. You did well. That's awesome, man. You did well. You'll, you'll well, and, golf and, and and my guy, Jay Mike, was coaching me up. He told yeah. me, like, literally oh what club to use. Like, I was, like, you know, I was, like, playing a video game. I was, like, in in regard to, like, how hard I should hit this, like, what, what the percentage would be. Yeah. You were also yeah. using non-golf terms and, like, Basketball terms. Yeah, I was shooting. Yeah, I, like, I boxed yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like shooting buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Screen, screen. At one point, he goes, "Man, I put I put it close to the bucket." And I was like, "I'm the kind of fits bucket. though." And he that goes, fits. Oh, I'm, "I'm using golf term. I mean basketball." <laughs> I mean, term. I, yeah, you are. I, I think I think it fits. Yeah, it does. It does. Yep, yep, yep. That's Absolutely. awesome. You're a hooper, man. I did play yeah. college basketball. Yeah, dude. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it is in my DNA. It is. Come on. Yeah, it's the greatest. All the hoopers. We need to get all you hoopers. Yeah. Well, tomorrow morning at some point. They have a cheat code. They have about 18 inches on me, so it's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will. By the way, we will be playing three-on-three three basketball. You can't because you got to fly out. Three-on-three three <sighs> basketball soul. tournament is tomorrow afternoon. Oh, oh man. Wow. I'm going to go home and get my shoes. Um, Maybe we could open up the gym tonight. Ooh. Uh, I think you I think you are. We will only only if this can this happen if we do it then yes. then I'll just yeah, I'll yeah. just feed I'll three just three. I'll just yeah. I'll just feed trust me I won't I won't even shoot once I'll just feed it the whole time there you go. Go. awesome guys well listen um, so some of you guys watching today uh, actually don't know uh, Pastor Joey and yeah. Joshua here with us so would you guys introduce yourselves just for a moment just tell us of course PJ yeah. you know we know you but yeah. a lot of people might yeah. not know you so so yeah. I had the privilege of being the lead pastor of. Wellspring Community Church in Ruskin. That's a church right here in uh, the Tampa Bay area. And we started the church uh, about eight years ago, and uh, God's just doing some incredible things. And uh, we really we really pride on ourselves on saying we want to be real people. Uh, we, want to, we want to reach real people, the real hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we do this Warrior Conference every year, mm-hmm. and uh, this is our third annual uh, Warrior Conference, and it's a men's conference where we gather uh, the the men of our church together and uh, talk all things men and uh, all that good stuff. And uh, about three or four months ago, I um, was on an Instagram of another pastor, and uh, the man to my left was being interviewed uh, by Pastor Ed Young. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I saw the interview, and April and I were watching it. My wife April, and I said, "Man, how cool would it be?" 
to get Joshua Broom at our next Warrior Conference. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. And then the next day he messages. <laughs> and then he's here. But I think what's fascinating is really his story and yeah. uh, how he got here and, yeah. and all of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, really yeah. looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah. So introduce yeah, yourself, because I actually, so Joshua, I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, before you had talk, talked to me about yep. Joshua, I had never yeah. heard, you know, so uh, some, I know some people haven't either, so. Yeah, I mean, my name's Joshua Broom. I live in Dallas, Texas. I've uh, been married to my wife, Hope, for seven years. We've mm. got three kids, mm-hmm. uh, one on the way. Come on. Come on. And uh, we operate a... Uh, a and you not, make only? Yeah. You make only what? Boys. Only boys. The kingmaker. Yeah. Yeah. The, the kingmaker. Real, real, real talk, my, uh, my mother-in-law was like, hey, you just don't have it in you, dude. <laughs> I was like, that's right. <laughs> but, but but a little part of you is like, yeah. Oh, no, like, I would have absolutely, I mean, yeah. hey, I, I'll keep shooting my shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Live on the air, which one of those four kids would you trade in for a girl? No. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, but we uh, we we operate a nonprofit called Finding Hope, and mm. we live in Dallas, Texas. And I uh, I do itinerant speaking. I write books, mm. and God has been really kind to to allow mm. me to have the story to points to Him. And mm. um, yeah, I think what's significant about why I asked him is, um, and I know you're going to lead through this conversation, but. Um, What's unique is Joshua was in the porn industry for yeah. six years. Mm-hmm. Um, he did over 1,100 pornographic movies, mm-hmm. three or four a week, wow. 25 to 30 a month. Yeah. Um, and uh, at one point, he was the number one porn star mm-hmm. in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and pornography is a, is a strong addiction yeah. in, in our world. Yeah. And, I said, you know what? We need we need to get him here. It, yeah. it, it's one thing for a pastor to get up and say addiction is blah blah blah. Yeah. But when somebody who's lived it, yeah, and has the yeah. t-shirt to prove mm-hmm. they were in it. Yeah. Um, I said, man, our our men need to know about that. And I think every man does. Everybody listening yeah. to this podcast I th- needs to know. Yeah, I think what's been incredibly kind, you know, to to Joey's point, you know, I, w- I was in the industry from 2006 to 2013, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so. Had that a lot seems of, like a really short time to have done 1100. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, when, when it's literally, you know, your like career 24 mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you're thinking about how much content's on the internet, it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're shooting multiple, yeah. you know, a, wow. a, a day, um, cause you know, tons of studios, mm-hmm. tons. Of, I mean, yeah. So it, it, it's a it whole sounds world. a whole different, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a lot, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're producing it in such mass quantity yeah. that. You know, it it's not a lot. I could have done more if I, you know, if I would have stayed in it longer. But yeah, I mean, I think that God has really redeemed and repurposed come my on, influence, mm. my story, come on, come on, and come on, come on. what I get to do is kind of pull back the veil mm-hmm. and display how dark it is mm-hmm. in the, you know, the the, the fantasy that people believe mm-hmm. it yeah. is. Yeah. And yep, on, yep, yep, at the yep. same time, I've been out for. 11 years and I've had the the privilege to sit under and learn from a lot of people doing great work in the space. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got a ton of experience walking people through, you know, the neurological damage, mm-hmm. the, the practical damage, like walking people yep. through, um, here's why it's so damaging to the consumer mm-hmm. and I can share it from a unique perspective. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you, you were sort of quote unquote, the drug dealer. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you understand that at a deeper level, uh, you know, and so, one, so, one thing that made me really excited to talk to you today, Joshua, was that, um, 
there there is a dehumanization of the people on mm-hmm. the screen sure. for people to be able to fantasize and and um, have pleasure from watching pornography, right? Like yeah. you forget that there are people. Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're supposed to uh, use things and love people. Mm-hmm. And pornography makes you use people and love things. Wow. Right. You know? right. Come, Come on. on. Yeah. Wow. So what was what was the defining like? So you mentioned you you <sighs> stepped into it in 06. If you don't mind me asking, what was like the thing that brought you to it? Was it something that just just the draw of your flesh or was there something that led you down that path that just, you kind of ended up there? Yeah. I mean, it was complete happenstance. The wow. the fact that I ended up in it, but um, you know, long story short, I, I was a theater guy. I was, mm-hmm. I started modeling and acting when I was 13, mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. a decent amount of success. Like many people, I thought um, I would be more successful if I put myself in closer proximity to the industry. So mm-hmm. I moved to Hollywood Got an, got an agent and was working for a, a little bit over a year. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at a restaurant and someone sat down, uh, three girls sat down and were like, hey, uh, do you want to be an actor? And I was like, yes, great. Wow. You know, this is going to be an opportunity to work on a project or they're going to mm-hmm. introduce me to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, because more often than not, that's how you get your break. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's someone that introduced you to someone right. or there was someone that was already doing something and mm-hmm. invited mm-hmm. you to in, uh, into that. Yeah but they were talking about porn wow. and I was exposed to porn when I was 13 mm. and I lived a very promiscuous life. So what you were exposed to impacts the decisions that you make in a very Absolutely. real way. So when someone said, Hey, were you interested in, you know, hooking up with girls on camera for money? Honestly, it, you know, it, it wasn't something that I ever pursued, but mm. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Mm. Like outside mm. of a camera being there and a check being mm. there, it was stuff that I was already doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just, I honestly didn't think, okay, I'm going to do it and then I'll get a check and then, then what? Like, yeah, like it wasn't even, well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you ever have any encounter with the Lord prior? Like any encounter prior or were well, you? Well, so I, I grew up, so my mom was 16 when she had me, okay. and um, we grew up in my grandmother's home. So mm-hmm. my grandmother, grandfather, mm-hmm. um, she had uh, a, a sister and two brothers, mm-hmm. and we all lived there as I was growing up. And uh, we went to church every Sunday. Wow. Um, oh, wow. You know, so like growing, but this mm-hmm. was until I was seven. My mom mm-hmm. got married mm-hmm. when 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 I was seven, and that lasted a very short period. Mm-hmm. He was a, a very terrible person, mm-hmm. and after that. We never moved back mm. in with her, and we were just kind of um, riding solo. Mm. And I, I never got plugged back into church mm-hmm, after that. Mm-hmm. So outside of you know the first You're, seven years yeah, of my life, yeah. um, I, I I wasn't you know in yeah. Mm. So God, you know, God was a was something that you've known about. It wasn't any type of right. relationship and, or anything. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And to be honest, I yeah. I probably would have said I was a Christian because mm. w- at that time, what I thought. Mm. Can, you know, what was contingent of someone that was With a that Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was, hey, I believe that God is real and he created everything. And that was it. Right. And right. You know, so James talks about, right? Yeah. 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 You yeah. knew, but it was yeah. like, eh. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah. And uh, and I and I think that uh, it, it the, the foundation that I did have, it did, those, those seeds did impact my life later mm-hmm. in life. Right. Yeah. But as far as like, any kind of consciousness of, of the gospel yeah, yeah, or yeah. Jesus. Or sin or yeah, right. yeah, all that. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I think um, what's interesting, if I, if I can interject, because I know a little bit more sure. uh, than Alejo and Joey about your story, I think what's fascinating is how the lack of your dad 
yeah. played mm-hmm. into oh, sure, sure. The, mm-hmm. not just the porn industry, but uh, sexual identity and drawn to the opposite sex, the affirmation that you were yeah. looking for. Speak to that. Because yeah. I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially especially at this lo- conference, too. And there's a lot of people yeah. listening oh, to your sure. podcast mm-hmm. right now that yeah. don't have a dad. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they're looking to, mm-hmm. to make their father happy. Yeah, yeah. certainly. I would, I would be that very... validation. Yeah, I would be very remiss not to, to mention that aspect of my story because I probably talk about fatherlessness just as much mm-hmm. as I talk about pornography. Yeah, come mm-hmm. on. But um, what was unique about my upbringing was that my mom had me when she was 16 and I was living with my grandparents, but okay. I lived in a town small enough where uh, my dad, you know, lived in that, in that same city wow. and I would see wow. him, you know, at the grocery store, wow. at the gas station. I would see him in town. And as I got mm-hmm. older, it went from something that was confusing to something that was frustrating yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. me and my me and my mom, you know, we were, do, we were doing the best we could with what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time not having him and him being right there mm-hmm. um, was, was was really tough. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel yeah. inadequate and it made Rejected. me feel like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like most men, you have mm-hmm. this high achiever personality mm-hmm. and, and I falsely yeah. believe that I needed to prove myself mm-hmm. and I needed to earn the affirmation mm-hmm. of others through mm-hmm. achievement. So I thought, okay, I've got to be, you know, the mm-hmm. best. And that yeah. was, you know, initially it was scholastics, it was sports, mm-hmm. and then it was modeling and acting. And then, it was girls, and it was thing after thing. It was conquest after conquest, mm-hmm. dopamine hit after dopamine mm-hmm. hit. Um, because the, the most dangerous thing about believing a lie is that if you believe a lie to be true, it's true to you, and you create a worldview yep. in which you see through that lie. 100%. Yeah, and, and it's like even if you're five degrees off, man, if, you, if, if, there, if there's a path for your life and a purpose for your life, if you're five degrees off and you're going from New York to California, you're going to end up in Mexico, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and what that looks like on a practical basis is uh, that, that place that you end up, mm-hmm. that five degrees off is death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, Quinn. I'm hearing you saying thank you for asking that question, PJ, because that's, that's, you know, a big part of the reason why we do this is because we want the family to be strong again. Yeah. The family, I think, is where, like, if, if we could restore that original Genesis family, yeah. I think that so many of the things that we encounter or that we see in the world would, wouldn't exist there, you know? So what I'm hearing you say, I think, is that fatherlessness really pushed you to be achievement-oriented. Yeah. And where, to the point where you, you had no... Um, uh, idea of good and evil, like it, it, those things didn't matter as much. It was just more so go and achieve, go and do, go and yeah, prove. Right. And I would say, like the, I I didn't know what it meant to be a man. So mm. because I didn't know Come what on, it man. meant to be a man, I didn't know what it meant to be me. And mm. you know, mm. Romans twelve two talks about him either being conformed by the world mm. or you're being transformed by the yep. renewing of your yep. mind. Yep. And what yep. was yep. happening was. I was learning to be a man through the lens of my experience. Mm-hmm. I was learning how to be a man through the lens of Just, television, you yeah. know, uh, like mm-hmm. pornography. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I never had a person in my life speaking truth. And if there's no one in your life speaking truth, all that's left is lies. Mm-hmm. So that's why you've become who you've become. Yeah. But I think, I yeah. think, I think on, before man. you move past that moment, there, there had to have been days where you're playing soccer, you're playing sports and you want to look in the crowd and see your dad. Oh, and as you look sure. in the stands, you're like, oh, I mean, I, Billy's I, got his dad and Johnny's got his dad and I don't have my dad. No, so I mean, then you get in the theater and he's not there to look at your performances. And so yeah. when these three girls walk into the bar and say, mm-hmm. I see you, I notice you, oh, I want to validate oh, you. Yes. Yeah. It, it's that dopamine hit of that's my dad. Oh dude. I remember, you know, I, I played quarterback and, and, you know, I remember, like, 
you know, th- I'm throwing passes to shrubs, yeah. you know, I'm mm-hmm. out there playing, yeah. you know, yeah. me and Kobe are playing one-on-one, yeah. but he's, you know, <laughs> he's imaginary. Winning, right? he's yeah, and if, I, and if I miss a shot, he fouled me. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a real thing, like not yeah. having, uh, not having him there at significant moments in my life did impact me for sure. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, yeah. Joshua? Sure. This, this is a question I wanted to, I, was, I think I was going to ask you in the second part of this, but I feel like I'm led to ask you right now. When the women that you were involved with during those episodes and all that content that you created, would you would you say that they shared that same rejection and fatherlessness as a whole? Like, did you? Because this is what I picture in my mind, right? Like, like the first thing that comes to my mind with somebody being in, a, in the industry in an industry like that. Like for me, the closest thing is let's say you graduate high school and you go to strip. Right? Yeah, that's you know that that's that was the 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 step that you imagine like a, a girl taking a step that is like against their dignity or whatever. Right? You're talking yeah. about a strip club? Yeah, a strip club. Okay. Like they go to, to, to be a stripper instead of go to college or whatever, yeah. right? And the thought that goes through my mind is, are they thinking about their dad? I, I would their say- Their parents, you know? I, I would say uh, there, there's definitely some brokenness there, but so mm. 85% of the girls that got in the industry, they had either been- sexually abused or they were they were being extorted before they got into porn so wow. can you talk about that wow. a yeah so bit? Wow. so um you know 2006 um uh craigslist was big and craigslist was post an ad and this ad would say this is a modeling job and you know we pay um eight hundred dollars and you're going to be there for two hours and this girl would show up and they would snap a few photos and then ask her to take you know one thing off and you know, they would continue going. And then at some point the girl would get uncomfortable and it's like, you know, this is not what I came here for. And their response would be, well, um, you're not going to get paid unless you continue doing what I'm asking you to do. And you've already signed the release. So I'm going to use the pictures I've already taken anyway. There's nothing you can do about it. So those photos are going to go up on the internet and you, your, you know, your credibility is already going to be, You're, you're, you know, wow. you, these are already going to be on the internet. So either your choices are, I'm going to put them up anyway, or you can continue going and get paid. Those are your two choices. And people who put themselves in that situation more often than not, they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, call the police. They're not going to like lawyer up. They're yeah. going to, you know, they, they're embarrassed to be there. Yeah. They feel yeah, right. They yeah. No they're idea. overwhelmed with yeah. shame and guilt. And when you're overwhelmed with shame and guilt, you're probably going to continue to compromise. So they would, or they were being sexually extorted and sexually exploited. And then porn was a better option. Porn was a better option than, you know, being sold by their pimp and being beaten and, and, and all these things like oh, porn wow. was a porn was a safer environment than the environment wow. they were coming from. Wow. So, so that's the, the reality of like nearly 90% of the girls that get in the industry. Wow. Did you ever like have interactions like emotional interactions that, that's actually was gonna be my question with was any of the women like is it any like sorry we're doing this sorry that this is where you're at was there ever any of that or is it just seemed like it's just job. an act yeah no i mean it, it wasn't even i mean it, it became so monotonous that you know you would you would come in sign paperwork the girl was taking photos and the the director would just wave you in and it would happen and the only thing that you would know about the girl was their fake name and you, you, what you did know about them was their real name is that the first thing you would do is that you would um, sign, uh, you would see their, their uh, copies of a, their IDs 
and then you would see uh, their standardized because everyone had to have an up-to-date STD and AIDS mm. test. Like you had to do that like every 21 days. Mm. So you would see the test, it would match up with the IDs and you would sign it. And that was pretty much all that you would know. Wow. And then would just you would walk into a room and then wow. have sex with this girl. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there were times where like it, the girl would be high or, or, or something like that. And the director would stop and send the girl home. And then you'd wait and another girl would come in or... There would be times where, like, their pimp or, or boyfriend or husband had brought them there, and uh, you knew that, like, they were there because they they wanted to get the check so that the girl wouldn't get the they check. Get the money, mm. and they were just sitting there, like, you know, like not like no big deal. So, I mean, it was messed up for sure. But it, you know, anything becomes nor- normative once you expose yourself to it over and over like again. the numbness like oh, i was sure. gonna i was gonna ask you like the beginning steps and everything like you mentioned about you know the veil kind of being in the very beginning of the episode like like kind of the veil being removed like you really want to help people see that so so that veil yeah what was when you first walked in there you mentioned that it was steps did you just suddenly become numb to it or well, I mean, was it a process i mean after i mean so the the first time I did it, it was, it like, after I after it was over, I was like, I'm never gonna do that again because I walk into set, this you know I sign paperwork and then this guy is like, hey, I understand like this is your first. Hold on, let me fix these. So I, I walk into set and this guy's like. I understand this is your first time. So here, here's a Viagra. If you've never taken this before, bite it in half. We will need you in like 30 minutes. And I'm sitting there like with this pill in my hand. It's like, what, what am I doing? And, you know, the, there's this like, you know, this girl that's sitting on this day bed and there's like four or five cameras around her. And like, they've got like Kino flows like all around her. So it's like these like stadium, like these small like stadium lights all around her. And I, I'm like, okay, I got picked up in a town car and brought here. So it's like, if I don't, if I want to leave, it's going to be like, you know, a little kid calling their mom and dad or being like, hey, I uh, changed my mind. I want you to come pick me up. Uh, so I was like, okay. And, and, and I think this will preach all day long in that you believe because you've gone so far, come on. you've got to continue mm. to go. And it's like, mm. man, that's, mm. that's the way that the enemy continues to just hooks and to, hooks. Yeah. tell hooks. us about that bro. yeah, yeah keep talking share that share that yeah. because you know there's there's compromising your life and it's like because you've done x you have to continue doing it and or it's like you've gone this far you know i i might as well continue going or I'm, i might as well take another step further and i just believed like okay because i did this i've already messed up You're too far so i've got yeah i've gone too far to go back mm. And then um, that's kind of where I was. So I like I walk into this like barrage of lights, and you you think like okay I'm just gonna hook up with this girl. So like what big of a deal is it? But no, it's like there's like camera A, B, and C, and there's someone shooting BTS, and there's you know someone holding a boom mic over my shoulder, and there's someone holding a C light like under my junk, and there's like a random like guy eating Doritos in the corner, and it's like it's so humiliating and you've exposed yourself to so to a certain degree and the director is telling you what to do. Like Hmm. you're, you're not in the middle of the the filming. Yeah. So you're not, so you're not engaging in a sexual act for pleasure. You're performing a performance Mm -hmm. for a camera. So the camera has to see everything, you know? So you're uncomfortable and it's hot and and like the director is telling you what to do. And there's like 10, 15 people like looking at you. There's maybe like, as many as like 20 people in the room. And 
for that, for you to be able to do that, you've got to go to another place. Yeah. You have to disassociate Just, yourself. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not like I'm engaging in an act with a girl. I'm doing something that needs to be done. So like I, I've got to, you know, I've got to do this for so long. It's like, you know, you're in each position or whatever for like five to 10 minutes. And then, and then you, and it's like, you and know, you literally you, hit a switch. Yeah. Wow. So, and it's in like from the consumer aspect, I mean, you got to know, it's like, you see the movie inception, you see like that, the fight scene that happens in the elevator. It's like, people's like flying around and like time stopping. And like, all of a sudden it's like slow-mo. It's like, man, you don't see that and think they just walked into an elevator and that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there was choreography, there were actors, wow. there right. was editing, there was, you know, things that went into it to, to, create something that looked like something and pornography is the same thing. There's, there's edits, there's, um, there's two people who are being paid to be there that don't really want to be there. You know, um, there's all this stuff that goes into this finished product that people see. And you think that two people just walked into a room and had sex and it's two broken people just got paid to do something they didn't want to do. And they did it anyway. And now that, that the brokenness that ensued, is giving someone pleasure, but that pleasure is counterfeit because what you're what you're consuming is not what you think. So, so let me ask you about that because you just said that last part, giving somebody pleasure. Like, so what? So you said the first time you're like, I'm never doing this again. Right. So what got you to do it the second time? Just the that might as well thought. No. So literally, my life blew up. So I I, I did that first film. It went viral, and mm-hmm. um, so the the agent, the the legitimate agent that was representing me. Mm-hmm gives me a call. I go into their office and it's like, Hey, in your contract, there's morality calls and mm. we can't be associated with anyone that's doing pornography. Like wow. we can't be associated with your likeness that mm. that reflects poorly on our organization. Mm. So you're fired essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't represent you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then a few days passed and then my mom calls me and she's like, you know, I live in a small town. So word traveled fast. Mm-hmm. So if someone told my uncle wow. that told my mom, it's like, mm-hmm. and my mom's calling me saying, Hey, um, your, your uncle said that someone at work said that, you were in a porn. Is that true? Mm. And I was humiliated. So mm. again, you know, you, so the devil is like deep, like, so just so crazy, bro. Just I just, hooks over because, and over. because yeah. what's so crazy. So as, as somebody that was on the other side mm-hmm. of the screen, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never, I never saw you, you know, but as somebody that was already on, on the other side of the screen, people are experiencing the exact same lie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you performing it, the, the devil, you know, I always tell people that's, that the way this, the devil always presented sin to me is like an open cage, right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, it's all right. Like you can just walk in and then sure. like when you want to walk out, I'll, you know, you can just get out, right? But then the moment you walk in, the, the door gets shut, you know, yeah. you're like, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. So it's just so crazy how you're experiencing the same thing the, the watcher, the audience is experiencing yeah. when they are continuing to fall back into the addiction of pornography. Yeah. Dang it. Well, might as well. I watched it today once already. I mean, might as well a second time. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Just- well, it's fantasy behind the screen and it's fantasy on the other side of the screen. It's both. Yeah. You, you mentioned something earlier. I think, I think it'd be really good for the audience to hear this. Um, and you, you quickly went past it, but slow down on the, you have a fake name. Because, oh, yeah. because when I hear you say that, it, it reminds me, and we'll, we'll share this again tonight, but it reminds me of... Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What was the first thing that they did? They changed their name. They said, no longer will you be this. We're going to call you this. And that old person's gone. And what, what the porn industry is really doing is saying, you're no longer Joshua Broom. Yeah. You're now this person. Yeah. And so that almost helps them. Oh, sure. Put I mean, you in a different light. Yeah. hundred percent. Speak to that. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, 
I, I sat down with this agent that entered, like introduced me into the industry and he asked me through questions is like, you know, <clears throat> how'd you grow up? Why are you here? And what do you hope to accomplish? And my answers were I, I grew up just pretty much me and my mom. And I what a strange want, question to ask somebody. That was but, from but it but it's not though. But it's just like oh, yeah. do, like if I'm trying to manipulate mm -hmm. you and you tell me you come from a broken home. Yeah, that's and, what I mean. Yeah. And, and, and but it's and then my my it's like I, I want to do acting and modeling and the thing and the third thing I said, which is even worse, is I Listen said that I, I wanted to be famous. Yeah. Mm. And if you think about it's I want to thing. I want to be famous, it's not even a thing. It's not even a thing that's achievable achievable. It's mm -hmm. not it's not tangible. Famous is this like westernized ideology thinking mm -hmm. that I need likes and a blue check mark and notoriety so that I feel some sort of way. But the reality is, is I want to be seen. Mm -hmm. I want to be known. All the things God can give you. Well, yeah, but it, it's not even what God can give you. It's literally your heart desiring the thing that yeah. you were, were made to desire, which is a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. Like you you were wired to want that, yeah. yet we replace it with a counterfeit. Right. We, re cool. we replace yeah. the intimacy yeah. that God has created yeah. us to desire with him with counterfeits all day. And that's why it's this cyclical problem of me not being satisfied and I have to go back to the well to get some more water, but there's water to be found in Come the person on, of Jesus, yeah. man, yeah. you know? Come on. And, and we just continue to go after, like we would think that, it's probably the same thought you had the very first time. Like, well, it's just one time. Yeah. I drank from it. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. It's just, I'll never do it again. Right. And then you mentioned just at the end, you got thirsty. Yeah. Your flesh got thirsty. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's funny. Andy Minio has a song uh, and he talks about like, we'll just continue to desire and drink from every other river that we can find yeah. until we actually yoke our life up to the river that will never yeah. run out. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, ask, can yeah. I ask you a question, Joshua? At what point did you feel the Lord begin to move in your heart? Through yeah. this whole process. Yeah. Um, so I'm about to go on a five minute tangent, so you know. Yeah. So <laughs> you can have but, 40. <laughs> yeah. So so uh he, here's what happened. So I uh, like like Joey was talking about, you you know, in the porn industry, you go by a fake name. And uh you just the fact of you surrender your name, if you want to be famous, you want your name to be famous, mm. yet the first thing you do is you give away your name. Wow. So that in itself points to shame. Dude, I'm just telling you and, right now, I'm going to interrupt him on purpose. I'm just telling you, this part of his story, if you're mm -hmm. listening right now, this is the most mic drop part of his story. I'm literally interviewing him last night, and I'm starting to tear up and cry because I'm just like, oh, my God, this is what every man needs, yeah. somebody to see him. Yeah. Somebody to notice them, somebody to say, I value you, not for what you can do, but for mm. who you are. And so I just, yeah. I want all of your mm. listeners to listen to him mm. tell this part Come of his on, story. Bro. Yeah. It's the most powerful part. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going by this fake name and the beauty of accountability is- For how long? Uh, so six years. So six years. And um, the, the beauty of accountability is, you know, if you say to me, hey, uh, you know, you the, the person that you are, the person that I know you to be- if you're doing things that don't align with the person I know you to be, and I say, I call you out on that, you got two choices. You either say you're right and you make changes in your life or you push me away. And for me, as I stayed in the industry longer, I pushed my mom away. I pushed my brother away. I pushed uh, my fraternity brothers away. I pushed every single person that wasn't patting me on my back. I pushed them away. And I find myself six years in, and uh, I had made all the money. I thought, you know, if I make over a million dollars, I'll feel successful enough for the hurting in my heart to go away. Wow. It didn't work. I thought if I won 
a ton of awards and become the most popular person in the industry in 2012. I won Performer of the Year. I'd been nominated for it three times, and then the fourth time I was nominated for it, I won it. And I thought if everyone in the industry voted that I was the best, then I would feel like I was the best, but it actually didn't work. And it amplified the anxiety, it deepened the, pre- the depression, and I made a plan to take my life. Mm. And I was flying back from Atlanta to LAX, and I made a very detailed plan to, plan to take my life. And uh, there was this check that was in my pocket, and it was just like, it was this giant payroll check, and it was just driving me crazy. And then I started thinking, I'm like, man, I better uh, deposit this check because I don't want the funds that came from what I just did to go to waste. And I hope like maybe you know my mom will get them or someone will get them. So I go to the bank to deposit the check, and at the same time, I knew the memo on the check had said something grotesque. You know, they on purpose they would write that almost like as yeah. this this malicious act. But for me, I was trying to be masochistic in that I'm going to hand a teller this check, and normally I went to the Dropbox or ATM because I didn't want to say, "Hey, here's this money for mm. me," you know, prostituting myself. So this time my deal was I'm going to hand her the check and she, and she's going to look at me and like say something snarky or like make a face or whatever. And I slide the check across the counter and I'm, you know, I'm moments from taking my life. So I'm like sweating, shaking and just waiting for her to tell me the thing that I knew was true. And then instead she looks at me and says, Joshua, are you okay? Josh, was there something I can do for you? And what she didn't know, that was the first time I'd heard my name in a year. Oh, wow. Oh. And, it, and it shattered this numbness and this brokenness, and I felt the weight of robbing my mom of the thing that she wanted most, which not it wasn't me to come home or, or me to do this. She just wanted to know if I was okay. Oh. And then I called her, and I, I thought she was going to chew me out or be mad at me. And she just said, I love you. You're so much better than this. Mm. Please come home. And I did. Um, and it, so I, I left. Instead of taking my life, I ran for my life. But there was about a two-year period where kind of same mentality. I get into the health and fitness space. I get every you know credential under the sun. Mm. And I'm successful in the eyes of man mm-hmm. in the gym. You know, I'm making good money. I'm the head trainer. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I'm, I'm, I'm back in the same place I was. I'm just not doing porn. And then uh, this girl walks in, and I ask her out on a date, and she says no, which <laughs> makes me fall in love with her. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's my first time getting rejected. You're you like, know. this don't happen to Josh. <laughs> I, like, I think before you go on your story, I think what's fascinating is your story's not a Disney movie. Right. It, yeah. it just doesn't have the perfect ending. It doesn't have yeah. this perfect, like you got out of the industry and, and life wasn't, obviously you were breathing, praise the Lord, yeah, but, but I life mean, wasn't great. You no. were still yeah, seeking I mean, approval and validation. Well, and, but it was, it was at least a step of getting your name. Like that's cause, cause it's just so crazy, man. As you're sharing that, the, one of the reasons why I get emotional listening to what you're saying is that I just wish people know how real their enemy is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish people knew just how much the devil really hates us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would say, um, a, as the story keeps going, it, as much as people need to know that there's an enemy that wants to kill, steal Come and on. destroy them, they, they need to know even more so that there's a God that loves them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so for me, you know, like, like Joy was saying, I, 
I I lied until I got found out. And every time I met someone new, I was one Google search away from them knowing everything that I wanted to hide. And uh, that was exhausting. And then, you know, I meet this girl and she, you know, I ask her on a date. She says no. And then we she agrees to go on this run with me. And we go on this run. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm stoked that she had agreed. And, you know, I get there early. And at, before she gets there, I just start thinking. And it's like, man, I don't want to hurt this person. And it's almost like I hear my mom in her in my head. It's like, boy, don't you don't you don't you lie to that girl? Don't you lie to that girl? Don't you lie to that girl? That's a good mom right there. That's a good mom. Good country girl, right? (laughs) And and I was like, hey, um, I I've done a little bit of porn. (laughs) It's what he tells the woman. (laughs) I've done a little bit of porn. A little bit. And then she's like, what? And I'm like, man, I'm like, tell her the whole truth. Because it's so easy to tell someone enough of the truth to get you off the hook. And that's a word right there. Yeah. That'll preach. And yeah, it's it's easy to confess a little bit of sin too. Yeah, come on. Come on. Um, but you're only as free as you're honest. Come on. Mm. Mm. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, you're only as free as you're honest. And man, so it's like, hey, I felt like I just like blacked out and I was like, you know what? Here's every bad thing I've ever done. You shared everything. And this girl's just like, yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, she's she's like, holy moly. And uh, she's she's pretty taken back by what I said, obviously. And then she, once she gets her bearings, she kind of, you know, she went from like being super flabbergasted to super serious. And she looked me in the eye and said, you know, a person's not defined by the worst thing they've ever done. Hmm. You know, a person's not defined by the greatest thing they'll ever do either. Mm. Mm. Wow. God, God defines who a person is. Mm. Do you, do you, do you mm. know him? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Because I didn't know who I was, yeah. but I was very good at pretending to be whoever the person I was talking mm. to. You, uh, act, you acted all your. Yeah, I call it a first, I call it the first date mask. Mm. You know, it's like, I don't know who I am. I'm just going to pretend to be the person I think you want me to be sure. so that you'll like me. But I actually don't even know who I am. Mm. And, um, you know, she kind of stopped me in my tracks. She's like, okay, well, you know, what's your relationship with Jesus like? You know, where you, where do you go to church? Where, you know, are you plugged in, into community with somewhere? And I was like, girl, what are you talking about? You're like, about? I only got, yeah. I only two answers. answers. <laughs> I have two answers for that. Yeah. <laughs> tell, like, tell me what like, you think, baby. Yeah. speaking tongues. Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yeah. Like, what and, language are you speaking? Yeah. What's your gift of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. My God. <laughs> Who is this woman? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I was just like, you know, I, I conceded. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, I, I guess I don't have what you're talking about. And wow. she's like, well, I've been following Jesus since I was in seventh grade. Mm. My whole family's Christian and I'm not perfect by any means, but you know, I, Jesus is the, the foundation in which mm. I live my life on. And wow. then she was like, so do you like tacos? Do you, you know, like do what, tell me about yourself. I'm like, what? <laughs> So you like me by surprise too. You like I'm not quite. You're like wait a minute. So so I told you everything and you ain't you ain't judging me. You're right. You just, you know, did like, she wow. really say? Do you like tacos? Yeah, that was the first thing. Yeah. So I, does I, that come up still today? Like, baby, let's go get some tacos. It's actually our favorite thing. Of That's course it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was going to ask you: Is this woman that you met? This is why I wanted to do a five minute monologue. You guys are going to mess it up. Let me just. I did the same thing to him last night. Mess, let me talk, bro. What is it? No, that's not it. There you go. <laughs> so like I was saying. <laughs> I didn't say anything. So uh, be- because what I'm going to share prior to that, I think is even more important. 
so she she has this interaction with me like you know is this tangible expression of uh, Colossians 4 6 you know her, her speech was you know gracious and seasoned with salt and she knew how she ought to answer each person and uh you know I, I was telling Joy I, I love uh, the Robert Coleman master plan of evangelism. People are not always looking for an explanation. They're looking for, uh, I'm sorry, I messed it up. There, people are not always looking for an explanation. They're looking for a demonstration. Yeah. And what Got she, what she was demonstrating was grace, you know? And so anyway, uh, we had this interaction. Uh, we text all week. We go to church. I go to church with her and I'm curious because I'm like, man, if she responded to me about that, gosh, like I, I, I need to know more. We go to church and the pastor is preaching on uh, this passage out of Second Samuel. He's talking about this dynamic between Jonathan and David. And historically, when the previous king uh, dies and a new king comes into reign, the previous king was wiped out. And instead, John, uh, David was like, hey, is there anyone left? Mephibosheth. Mm -hmm. They go and find Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was expecting death because of yep. history, because yep. he knew history, because it meant his head. Yep. And... Uh, David instead sends a guard to mm -hmm. to bring him into his kingdom, restores his land. Come on. And then the pastor's like, you know what? Uh, Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 mm -hmm. says the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. So who is guilty? Everybody. Who is deserving of death? Mm -hmm. Everybody. Mm -hmm. But there's this, mm -hmm. there's good news. Jesus mm -hmm. came into the world, mm -hmm. fully God, fully man, lived the perfect life. Bro. Yeah, bro. And uh, he, he died on the cross for, for, for you and I. And on mm -hmm. the third day, he rose authentic indicating his identity and I'm hearing this and it's like, it's, I, I, I like, okay, I, I believe this is true, but what I can't reconcile if my own father didn't want me, why would God in flesh die for me? And then he goes, you know, Hebrews 12 talking about it was with joy set before him. He endured the cross. Yes. He was obedient to the father, but mm -hmm. Jesus died to. for me because he loves me. Mm -hmm. He loves me. So I, I, you know, got overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, fell on my face, and, you know, that it was first snot, time. yeah, but like it was snot, tears, and then I tangibly felt the weight of not the shame of porn, not the life I've lived, the weight of the disbelief that I was worth anything, because if, if God, the King of Kings, was willing to die for me, then I felt like I was worth everything. What would you say, what would you define that experience in one word of why, I mean, because you spent so many years... Not believing that. Yeah. But in one moment, yeah. it all changed. What would, is there a word or a phrase? Is it the love of God? Yes. Is, it, well, yes. is that the word? Is yeah. That the I mean, because I, it, in the same time, I, I felt the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, yeah. which is, you know, it's, it's, it's this cleansing spirit. <laughs> and then by understanding the reverence I had for God in that moment when I didn't have it, and then feeling the love of God that it that that is that coincides with having the fear of God. It goes together. It goes yeah. together, and it brought me to a place that I could never get to on my own because I didn't know that place existed. So yeah, man, that that love met me where I was, and when the love of God meets you, it, He's kind enough to not leave you as you are. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful, Joshua. Can I mm -hmm. ask you to expound on that because I feel like sometimes for people who are living in shame or away from from God, sure, they make that fear of God and that love of God is ex like exclusive. Like it couldn't yeah. show up at the same time. And, and yeah. so what I'm hearing you say is that when you first, when you win that first time, you understood how you had fallen short. Yeah. And yet then, you felt love. Yeah. The, the, the way I would best describe it is if you don't know the character of God, you'll misunderstand the tone of God. And when you see 
you see scripture like John 14, 15, where you see, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. Mm-hmm. I tell my son not to touch the stove, not because I don't want him Come to get on. burned. I love him, and I also don't want him to get burned. So if I love my father, I'm going to trust that what he has for me is good. Yeah. There's, let me make a little plug if I can real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your thing, bro. Uh, uh, Pop uh, off, bro. Last, <laughs> last February. I know you want to tell everybody you had an eagle. Hold on. Let me just, I, did, let me I, just did, I did have an eagle. Oh, no. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, but but on, that, on that conversation of fear of God, I don't, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I do for your audience want to plug a resource for them. Back in February, um, we were at a conference and John and Lisa Brevere were preaching and they wrote some incredible books. We're taking our staff through it in December. I'm going to do a series on this book, but John wrote a brand new book called The Awe of God. And really what he says is this. He says, the missing piece in Christianity right now is people don't reverently fear God. And if you don't fear God, you can't fully love God. Yeah, and and I I love, so John Brevere is actually a mentor of mine. And when I read Killing Kryptonite, it took everything that I was conceptually thinking on a theological basis and it made sense and I was able to articulate mm-hmm. what oh, I knew to be true. On. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so actually, uh, isn't it crazy? No, isn't it crazy how God will reveal truth to you? Yeah. Like you weren't equipped to even say it. Yeah. But he'll tell you the truth. Yeah. And, and if I asked you, Hey, tell me what you're, th- you probably couldn't. And then eventually he yeah. equips you to be able to share. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, and I'll say, yeah. I, I just want to say to, to your point. So that book is yes. incredible. Yep. I want to share and, your resource. Yeah. Please. So, and, uh, so me, me and his oldest son, Addison, we, mm-hmm. we have this, uh, curriculum that exists. So mm-hmm. John and Lisa have a, uh, an app called messenger X. And it's and free on, app. Yeah. Free, free app. It's incredible. It's in 137 different languages, wow. which is amazing. Uh, but it's a really great discipleship resource. But mm-hmm. Addison Brevere and myself, we we did this curriculum called Triumph Over Temptation. And mm-hmm. from a theological basis, it's like, hey, uh, number one, here is the gospel because mm-hmm. uh, that that is where freedom starts. Mm-hmm. And then we just go, mm-hmm. you know, like com- conversationally, chronologically, hey, this is how I, you know, was saved by Jesus, but transformed by the Bible. Hey, can we, can we do, so we only have a couple more minutes Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't want to take over, but I think this would be really cool. Yeah. Can we just rapid fire like 10 questions at Joshua? Yeah. And not, not just quickly, just 10 questions. Yeah. 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 So can we do that? But also, also uh, that girl did become my wife and her name is Hope. Yes, there it is. is. That's what that's, I was. I, I was like, I'm so Her sorry. Name is Hope. Here's, what's, Here's what's so funny. He's never <clears throat> golfed before. He's yeah. not a golfer. So when he would putt today, he would hit like a, a he would hit a putt and it would go like halfway. And or I would it say, would go ten yeah. yards. Past. <laughs> and so I would go, great putt, Hope. And finally he got. He's like. Oh, oh, you're talking because okay. I'm, I'm being a girl. All right, can we can we do this real quick? Yeah, yeah. You, you want to start uh, it yeah, kind here of? We go. Yeah, start us okay. just, just quick rapid fire. Ready? Yeah. Um, is masturbation a sin? Yes. Go. Oh, so it's a sin. Yes. Yeah. I would say it's a sin, but sinful behavior, because if you look at Galatians uh, 5, 22 and 23, is it executing self-control? No. Um, Romans 12, 1, if my body's a living sacrifice, uh, is that exhibiting behavior that edifies the body or is it, yep. does it bring glory to God? No. It's a gray um, area. Yeah, that, it's a gray area, but it's like, you know, Romans 7 talks has much to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's things that I ought not do that yeah, I feel like on, I need to on. do. And I would just say, man, if it's going to lead me into further temptation, do I want to no, dabble no. in that area? No. Here's another you one. Know? Here's another one. Does, does pornography mess up your libido? Do you sure. have a hard time with an erection? as you get older in life because of looking at a fantasy screen. 
Yeah, I think that. yeah. So if you if you develop a relationship with a product and that product is not real, you're desiring you're insatiable for something that doesn't exist. So that appetite can only be fulfilled if it's in line with that thing that you have an appetite for. But the thing that you have an appetite for is not real. So while you'll find yourself trying to reenact the fantasy, but that fantasy doesn't exist, so you can never be satisfied. So yes, um, in many cases. There's people that are married or have partners or, you know, they're desiring to recreate this thing, but it's not real. So a parent who's watching this podcast, yeah. what, um, what barriers would you put in place to help them navigate these conversations with their kids? Just give them maybe one or two tools. Yeah, I would say uh, very quickly, I would say uh, have the, like, if you feel like you don't want to have the conversation with your kids... That's not about them. That's about you. So you've got to take ownership as a parent and have that conversation because the reality is, are they going to see pornography? 99.9% yes. They're probably going to see it. So I would rather be, not have to give an apologetic mm -hmm. for, hey, you saw this first, but what I'm going to say to you is contradictory of what I'm going to say. And uh, if it's a young kid, there's a really great resource. It's Defend Young Minds. Mm -hmm. And there's a book called Good Book, Bad Pictures. And ultimately, the the, the narrative of the book is, if you see something that is bad, that doesn't make you bad. Mm. And there's good so things. Good. That, mm. That's so good. Can I ask you about that? Sure. So quick question. So one, one thing as a, as a dad of a young kid, yeah. the question I ask myself is, when do I address it? I was going to ask do, the same question. Do I, what, do I address it before they see it? Because I'm not going to know when they do. Hey, so, or, so I would how say, would, yeah. yeah, I would I would say, hey, if you knew that there was something outside those doors that was going to harm me, yep. Mm. Wouldn't you want me to know? Well, yeah. Well, so the I'll, average person is exposed to pornography eight years old. Eight years old. That's crazy, yeah. bro. Eight so years think old, about that. Yeah. So, so you so, need to start having those I conversations. Sometimes at seven. I ask myself, if I bring something up that he hasn't seen yet, who is would you that want to push him to see it? Does who that make you, sense? Who would you want? Does that make sense? Who would you want Luca to see? Who would you want Luca to have that conversation? No, with? me always. Yes. So it's hundred percent. I think it's always good to have the conversation prior to the conversation. So what age would you say is is good? I mean, I would say. Kindergarten, like, but, kindergarten. but you have an age appropriate conversation. It's mm -hmm. like, you're not talking, like you're not having this conversation about, but some parents don't know that, right? right. Like it's, but like, it's like, Hey, you need to know that, Hey, there, there's some things that exist on the internet and on TV that are not, you know, that, that aren't, aren't good for you to see. Yeah. And like, and also I would just say, gosh, like, Talk about sex. Like, mm -hmm. sex is a good thing. Come it's on, not yeah. a come bad on. thing. Come on, yeah. put the passion in the place. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, come on, but, but, come on. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's because, I mean, I would say even in within the within the confines of a church, if we don't talk about sex, the natural assumption that it's a, it's a bad yes. thing. So if we don't talk about that in a place, yep. and if that place is supposed to be the safest place we could ever be where we need to know all that we need to know, if I don't talk about it, the natural assumption it's bad. So when I see it, I'm going to hide it. Mm -hmm. That started in the garden. Yep. You know, yeah, I, yeah. So I saw Come something on. or I did something yeah. I shouldn't have done, so I'm going to hide from my dad. Yep. I don't need to... Uh, hide from my dad. I need to run mm, to my dad. Come on, come on. So I have one one last question. One last question because I think we're we're pretty much up on time, and this this may be just straight shot. If someone was listening to this podcast yeah, right yeah. now, and they are struggling with pornography, so I have a two part, and they're struggling with pornography right now. Yeah. How could you encourage them through the gospel or through the steps of take this? Yeah, I'll I would leave just it say there. I would say if you're watching this or. Uh, you, maybe you're having this conversation in a small group, um, Romans 8.1. Uh, if, if you're having this conversation, you know the person of Jesus. Romans 8.1 says that, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
guilt and shame keep you stuck where you are. And if you're having this conversation or you're in a, you know, you're in a small group setting and you're having this conversation, I'm proud of you. Mm. I'm we have to normalize the conversation, amen. Joey. Yeah. Amen, I think amen, that's amen. the, we amen. don't normalize that it's no. okay. Yeah. Make it normal, yeah. but we have to normalize that there are 82 percent is that what you said last yeah, well, night i mean 82 percent of men yeah, right the pornography oh, yeah. industry is a hundred billion dollar industry mm-hmm. fueled by viewership mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's, right. watch, it's watched it more than the nba major league right. baseball and the Come nfl on. all combined wow. right. if you take the people that go onto twitter hulu and amazon on a daily basis you have to triple that to see how many wow. people are watching porn 33% of all the data transferred on the internet on a daily basis. 33%? 33% of the data transferred wow. on the internet on a daily basis is porn. Three of the top 10 websites that get traffic on, on, on the internet, mm-hmm. all porn sites. So I say all that to say, if the person is struggling with it, you're not alone. There is freedom mm-hmm. that's available to you, but you but, and you don't have to stay yes. stuck where you mm-hmm. are, but it's going to cost you something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's going to cost you honesty because if you don't, Mm-hmm. If you don't truly believe it's detrimental to you and mm-hmm. those around you, mm-hmm. you'll continue to justify it. So I need to know it's not good for me. Number mm-hmm. two, I need to tell someone mm-hmm. because what stays in the dark will grow. What come on, come what has come, come, come you know, into the light, you're mm-hmm. now set free. Mm-hmm. But I need to tell someone. The probability of another man yeah. or another woman yep. that, you know, say, you know, had that conversation in, you know, a same sex setting, um, that, that person has either gone through it or they mm-hmm. know someone that has. So yeah. don't feel like it's not a conversation that you need to have. And then you need to, to take some practical Come on. You know, steps in your life. Hey, if you if Instagram causes you to watch mm-hmm. porn, get rid of Instagram. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, do, Break like, it. You know, Come on. You, you need to take practical steps. Uh, don't take your phone into your bedroom or your bathroom mm-hmm. ever. The, it, you buy an alarm clock. Buy, so go, to, go to Walmart and go get one for $9. <laughs> on, you know? so and your good. book is coming out. Yeah, right? I have a book yeah, yeah. coming out March 5th, uh, Seven Lies That Will Ruin Your Life. Your mm-hmm. heart desires the false promises mm-hmm. of this yeah. world, but there's truth to be found in the person of Jesus. Yeah. So I have one last one for you, yeah. Joshua. So um, I know that I asked you before we started this podcast, uh, you said most of the time you're speaking and doing a lot of things like this, yeah. but the 20% of what you, what you do is work against that 33%. You're trying yeah. to reduce that. You're working with organizations and, and you're working with legislation to to remove that access that young people have for pornography. So how can we join you? Just finish this out here, if you if, if you would. Tell the audience, tell us, how can we join you in that fight? And you're talking to parents here, probably, and just yeah. people that are free. Yeah, so there's a ton of information on Nicosi's uh, website. Um, so Nicosi is a national coalition opposing sexual exploitation. And I partnered with them, and last year we advocated for this legislation called the Earn It Act. And it is, um, it, it, you know, if you are eight, you got to be 18 or older to access any website that's sexually explicit, and you have to provide government ID. Um, so five states over the last year have implemented that legislation. And I'm speaking again at uh, the White House this upcoming week, and we're celebrating all that's happened over the past year. And we're sitting down with uh, 25 different state representatives and saying, hey, uh, same approach towards big tobacco. Here's empirical data. Here's personal testimony. Uh, Now that you know this truth, what are you going to do about it? Because this is not my opinion. This is not Mm -hmm. my preference. This is what's true. So now you have a responsibility now that you have this understanding. Mm, Love it. We love it so much, man. I wish we had like 14 more hours with you. I really do. (laughs) Um, But hey, prolific podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for the past, you know, roughly an hour. Josh, Pastor Joey, thank you. Thank you for being here, guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day, guys. We'll see you next time. (laughs)